Hello, Vibers, and welcome to the Vibe with Kai podcast. It's your boy, Kai. Today, I'll be speaking once again with my good friend. We, I, I'm going to call you my friend now because it's, it's official. My good friend, licensed mental health counselor and the founder of Healthy Minds and More Counseling, Chelsea Macaron, will be answering some of the most uh, common questions that people have for, for therapists. We're going to go through. We, we did this, uh, what was it, last month? Uh, I think yeah. it was last month, and and now we we didn't even get a chance to get through all of them. We probably won't even be able to get through all of them again today, uh, you know. Okay. But I know, but that just means that you're gonna have to come back, and like that's the fun part, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah we'll so yes, yeah, so we're gonna be talking with uh, with Chelsea co- uh, going over those questions. But before we get to our guest today, uh, don't forget if you are a fan of this podcast, you can get even more exclusive uh, content on the Vibe with Kai Patreon, especially. If you're into having insightful discussions surrounding mental health, good vibes, positive energy, simply click the link in the description of this podcast and subscribe to the Vibe with Kai on Patreon. It's only $1 per month. That's it. $1 per month. And you're going to get all of that stuff, plus a sneak, a little sneak peek behind the scenes look at my life with all the stuff that I don't post uh, publicly. It's kind of like a safe space for me. So I, uh, so I put it on there. So you can subscribe today, $1 per month. Um, all right. But enough about me. Let's talk about our guest today. Uh, some of you might know her already, but l- let me introduce you to people that don't know uh, who this wonderful person is. Chelsea Macaron uh, became a licensed mental health counselor in 2016 and has worked with individuals who have had a variety of areas uh, for improvement and growth, including but not limited to depression, anxiety, marital relationship concerns, uh, parenting problems, low self-esteem, codependency, and much, much more. Chelsea has an eclectic therapy style where she utilizes interventions, techniques, and theory to best suit uh, her her clients in a way that speaks their language. She tends to gravitate towards person-centered and solution-focused modalities. That's the one I always struggle with. That word, modalities, I struggled on that one last time too. (laughs) She believes in uh, holistic wellness and health and has a warm approach to her clients. She tends to view the therapeutic relationship as helping her clients guide and navigate their journey. She is also the author of Kick Anxiety to the Curb, a series of mental health workbooks that are now available on Amazon. I'm going to have a link to that as well in the description of this. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? Welcome back. Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me back. I love of our course. little Q&As. I know. Great. I know. You're not sick and tired of me yet? I'm not. Actually, I've been <laughs> utilizing our our little link and our little podcast yeah. to new clients who've never done yeah. therapy before. And I've just been oh, spending it. it their way and they love yeah. it. They love oh, it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, that makes me happy. That warms my heart. And and I, I really love uh, bringing people like you on and you specifically because uh, I always tell people I'm not a mental health professional, nor do I pretend to be one, right? So I always love using my platform to bring in people that have this insight and this knowledge that I could never provide because I'm not educated in it. I only know my own personal journey, my own little personal mental health adventure that I share with everybody. So I love bringing people like you on because you are able to spread some knowledge and help as many people as we can. So I'm so I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for taking time. Of course, of course. Thank you awesome. so much for having me. Of course, of course. So, all right, let's get, let's get into it. So, uh, we have a couple questions, my friends, that were sent in by uh, listeners and watchers just like you, and we're going to go through some of them today. Uh, and with with Chelsea, who's uh, who's an expert in this field. So, uh, let's start with this first question: uh, How often do I need to attend therapy? well that's um I mean I feel like that's like a loaded question but (laughs) it really depends on like you and your therapist um Mm. and also your journey with your therapist so I have some clients that meet with me twice a week I have some clients that meet with me once a week bi-weekly once a month for check-ins um depending on what your presenting problem is there's three times a week, you know, there's this thing called intensive outpatient treatment. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. actually nine hours a week of group therapy. So it just really depends on what you're doing and what you're going for and that whole thing. And how do you how do you determine this? Like, how do you talk this through with your client? Is it something like you kind of meet halfway, like meet in the middle, like see what their expectations are along with your suggestions? Like, how do you usually determine this? So when you're talking about like a private practice outpatient um, setting like myself, like outpatient, meaning you don't live there, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, 
it, yes, it, it, you do kind of work through it with your, with your therapist. So I used to have this one client that would see me once a week, which is pretty standard for therapy, mm -hmm. especially at the beginning, because you're still building rapport. You're still getting to know each other, um, building trust, so on and so forth. But, um, what ended up happening is she wanted family sessions. And so mm -hmm. we started doing one individual session a week. And then the second session for the week was a family session. And oh, so wow. she personally was seeing me, um, twice a week. And then we would just like bring on her family to kind of add on. Um, and then once we started to accomplish the goals she wanted there, um, we started to bring the family sessions bi-weekly and she mm -hmm. continued to see me weekly. So it really just depends. And, collaborating with your therapist, depending on your needs, um, your treatment goals. And then back to that question that we talked about last time, insurance, because sometimes your insurance yeah. <laughs> won't cover more. Yes. Um, so it, sometimes the insurance just dictates your care. Right. Um, if you're going like inpatient treatment, so like, let's just say you're struggling with an eating disorder or substance abuse or things like that, you might actually go to a place that you live there for like 30 days and right. you're doing therapy all day, every day. So it just right. really depends on what your problem is, what, what you want to work on and, and what kind of therapy you're you're looking for. Absolutely. And for those of you that are, are curious about uh, what she's mentioning here, what she's alluding to in regards to the insurance side of things, uh, go watch the previous podcast that that we uh, did together. I'm going to link that down in the description as well. Uh, watch that because we go we go into detail about the insurance aspect of it because uh, there are some really, really good questions that came from that as well. So, uh, so go check that out. Uh, this next question is uh, is one that I I always uh, I remember when I first started going to therapy. This is actually one of the first questions that I had asked. Um, how long will it take for me to see progress in my therapy? I feel like we touched on this last time a little, a little bit, bit too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think it just again depends. Um, you know, I've had some clients where, like, in three sessions, they felt that they attained their goals um, mm -hmm. because it wasn't, you know, uh, uh, like there was no like psychosis like it right. wasn't like a big deep-seated thing um there wasn't layers of trauma and and you know whatever anyway so it just really depends um I have some clients where we've been working together for a couple of months I've had some clients where they've come back after a year because they had a different you know right. issue arise um so I hate saying it depends all the time. No, but, um... but it's true. I mean, every person is different and every situation uh, is is different. And and I think that uh, depending on on how the person is and how they react to things and how they implement things and you know, the things that happen in their own personal life, you know, I think that all comes comes into play when it comes to, you know, seeing progress, you know, yeah. in, in that regard. I think a good average, and this is like a sweeping generalization, is like six to eight months. Mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. that again that's like a, an average because you have your right. three session clients and you have your like three-year clients you know right so. <laughs> right right yeah um this next one is is a is a good question i love this how i mean this might go without saying but i love this question how confidential is therapy so this goes back to the insurance it depends mm -hmm. um right so if you're mm -hmm. doing cash and you're not going through your insurance it's like a hundred percent confidential almost right? <laughs> right so with confidentiality like you can't even as a therapist you can't even confirm or deny that a client is your client unless mm. they sign a release of information mm -hmm. so unless like a doctor's office can call me or a school can call me and say hey I have so and so um, they say you're their therapist and I just need like records for oh, whatever I can't mm -hmm. confirm or deny that they're even my my client unless right. they unless my client signs something for me the only times that that confidentiality has to be broken um, is with a suicide um, mm -hmm. ideation, right? So if there's like thoughts of suicide, I'll do a risk assessment. Mm. Um, now, a lot of therapists are really like hesitant and they shy away from this. And so a lot of clients are afraid to say, hey, I've been thinking about suicide because the thing is, is sometimes thoughts like passive thoughts of like hopelessness and like wanting to like end it is mm -hmm. kind of common. Um, mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're at risk for suicide. And that doesn't mean that you have to go into the hospital for, for care right. in the state of Florida, it's called the Baker Act. Um, so you don't have to go on like a suicide watch. So we do a risk assessment mm -hmm. to make sure that you're safe. So right, if right. we find that you are actually suicidal or homicidal, that's the other one, mm -hmm. um, then yes, we have to break confidentiality and get you the help and care that you need. And usually I do that, um, transparently and I of course like I do it with my client unless right. they're a, a flight risk 
Um, The other time is if there's a suspicion of abuse of a child or Mm. elderly person, then we have to make an abuse report. Um, And then if we're subpoenaed by the courts, that those are really the only like three main times that you have to break confidentiality for a cash client. Right. For insurance clients. Okay. It's all those three, and then with the insurance company, and then the insurance company comes into play. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're because they're they're going to ask questions, right? Yeah. You have to deem the therapeutic um, session medically necessary. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, you're essentially breaking confidentiality. Right. Good lord. But they don't count it as that. They don't say that it's breaking confidentiality because they're in the insurance company and they know all of your medical stuff. But right. Right. And and to, to to kind of like I guess piggyback off of that just to uh, confirm because I think this also might be what the uh, the person that submitted this might be hinting at. So I'm going to assume that you know ther- therapists aren't you're not like going around telling stories about a specific person like with their name and stuff out there like it's just not that's not a thing that that happens. No, the closest thing Mm. that we'll do is like talking about clients is like if we're staffing or consulting with other therapists, but we never use identifying information. Like I'll use like maybe initials of a client or I'll say, oh, Mm. let's just call them John Doe or Jane Doe or Mm -hmm. them Doe. Um, But I don't actually like use any identifiers. Like I won't even like even describe what they look like. I'll just be like, here's the presenting problem clinically, which usually is pretty common. Um, And then I'll ask like for, you know, feedback or input or how would they, you know, uh, treat it if I'm like stuck or just doing consultation work. Right, right. No, I think it's it's surprising. There's a lot of people that I've uh, spoken with over the past year or so that have said to me, I don't know if I trust therapists. I feel like they're just going to put my business out there and that they're, you know, I don't know how much I can tell them and and things like that. Is that a a common thing that you, that you hear and see? Yes, it is common. And here's the thing, like people, like therapists are people too. And so Mm -hmm. uh, not every therapist is a hundred percent confidential, you know? Mm -hmm. So you might hear, like, we actually had this problem at the agency where a client overheard therapists talking about other clients. Oh, wow. And it, what, there was no identifying information, but they just mm-hmm. didn't like hearing that. And so if you have an experience like that, of course, you're not going to trust um, right. therapists as a whole. However, what I will say to that is recognize therapists are people. And so you mm-hmm. have plenty of good people in this world. You have plenty of good therapists in this world. Just because there might be one bad apple doesn't mean that all of them are the same. Right, right. And so I think that it's really important that you find a therapist where in the first session, just as they're quote unquote interviewing you, because they are doing a clinical interview, that you're interviewing them too. You're seeing how comfortable mm. can you feel with them? How warm and inviting are they? Yes, the, the initial intake is very like intrusive, but like you also want to feel comfortable with them, right. even though therapy is uncomfortable, you know? So a good therapist is really going to build trust and rapport right off the bat. Like right. you can do a free 15 minute consultation call with most therapists and you'll get a pretty good feel about them in that consult call. Right, right, right. I love, I love, that was a good question. I'm glad that was uh, submitted. Uh, this one, uh, this next one, we kind of talked uh, a little bit about like the insurance side and like the financial side, but, um, and I, I can't remember if we went into detail about this, uh, but uh, the uh, person asked this question, how can I manage to pay for therapy if I know I can't afford it? Um, okay. So I'm not a financial advisor by any mm-hmm. means, but the what I will say is, you will find a way to afford things that you prioritize. Mm-hmm. So people who say, oh, you know, I can't afford therapy, but are you still buying alcohol? Like, you know, celebratory right. drinks at happy hour after work. Right. Right. Are you buying that purse? Are you going out to dinner? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like, so there's that side of things. The other side of things from like a systems, like perspective um, maybe look into, you know, a community mental health program. Mm. They might have sliding scale opportunities. Um, I know we have a university here um, nearby that has like, you know, students like psychology students that can mm-hmm. do therapy. Um, I I don't want to sound like rude, but like you kind of almost get what you pay for sometimes. Sure. Sorry, therapist. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to get a seasoned therapist that has been doing this for five, 10, 15 years. Um, if you're looking for therapy on a budget, mm-hmm. um, 
you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that sit down with your family or your partner or yourself and like, look over your budget and see and where find you can a some mm -hmm. of the fat and find the mm -hmm. way, you know, if yeah. you need therapy, go, go out and get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this next question states, is it okay to communicate with my therapist between sessions? It depends on your therapist. Mm -hmm. So there, there are some therapists out there that have really like strong, clear boundaries, like, you know, schedule on my scheduler, call the, call the office, you know, to schedule an intake, you know, kind of like a doctor's office. Mm -hmm. I know some therapists that are starting to pop up myself included that offer more of like a concierge style mm -hmm. um, therapy, where if you need to chat, I say, I don't know about the other therapists. I say, shoot me a text, say, Hey, can you get on a call right. today? Um, and I say text because if I'm in session and it rings, I'm not going to answer it and then it's going to get lost. Mm -hmm. But if it's a text, right. it stays unread and I can, whatever. Right. So I open that door. I have that open door policy. So is it okay? Absolutely. Ask your therapist on the initial consultation call or when you're booking an appointment or your first session even and ask them, how do I reach you in between appointments? Don't ask mm -hmm. if it's okay. How do I reach you? Right. Um, because even if it's like one of those like doctor office um, uh, practices, they'll say, mm -hmm. oh, here's an email. You can email. This is a HIPAA compliant mm -hmm. email or whatever. And they'll right. let you know the best way. Right. Right. Okay. That's a good, that's a good one. Like, I know for, for my therapist, I, uh, we have like the system that we use to like uh, book the appointments and stuff like that. It within that system is like uh, a chat feature. Right. So, you know, whenever, whatever we're in between sessions, like I, I, I'm able to, if I wanted to send her a message, you know, saying whatever I need to say, and then, you know, she'll get back to me whenever, whenever she can. Yeah. I, I utilize a platform like a, a HIPAA compliant phone that mm -hmm. does the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, can Especially I be introvert? <laughs> I know. Oh my God. No, you have no idea. I'm just like, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. It's so good for the introverted client. Oh my God. It made my day legit. When I saw that was a feature, I was like, Oh my God, thank God. Can I be described? Can I be prescribed medicine during therapy? So prescriptions come from psychiatrists. Mm -hmm. um, because they're a medical doctor, a psychotherapist is not a medical doctor, so they can't actually prescribe meds. Um, so if you're going to a psychiatrist now, 50 years ago, you would also be doing psychotherapy with your psychiatrist. Right. Now right. a psychiatrist is just like a medical doctor. You're in, you see them for five, 10, 15, 20 minutes if <laughs> yes. you're lucky. And then yes. you're out. That's so... funny you say that. Cause I didn't know that when I first started, uh, uh, uh going to a psychiatrist for the, for the medicinal part of it. And so I was thinking, honestly, when I went into that session, that it was going to be similar to my session with my therapist. It was not. That meeting was seven to 10 minutes tops, like tops. And mm -hmm. anytime that I, ha anytime that I have to go back, you know, it's, it's, it's now even shorter, you know, like we'll, we'll catch up on some things and, you know, she'll, she'll get the information that she needs. Uh, and then like for me personally, and then it's in and out. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a drive-through in a weird way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So psychiatry has really changed over the past couple of decades. Um, mm -hmm. My grandfather, actually, he was a psychiatrist mm. um, and he had a private practice about an hour away from here. And um, he would tell me, you know, he would have like full-blown psychotherapy appointments with clients. And he kept telling me, why don't you become a psychiatrist? And I kept telling him, it's not what it used to be. <laughs> you, right. know, it's, you can't do therapy with your clients anymore. Right. Thank you, right. managed care. <laughs> can, can you can you take a second and, and just talk about how uh, a psychologist will communicate with a psychiatrist in regards to a patient? Um, yes. And it depends vastly on the um, platform that you're using. So if you mm -hmm. are in a community mental health agency mm -hmm. and um, they have the psychiatrist and everything is under one umbrella, usually it's through um, medical records and they'll just go in and look at your file and read the mm -hmm. notes from your psychotherapist. Um, when it's a private practice um, kind of setting, it really depends on your treatment team, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, I have some clients that are on um, 
prescribe medication from their psychiatrist. And I've never once heard from their psychiatrist. They don't right. use a wraparound model. Right. Um, so obviously you have to sign the release with your psychiatrist and sign the release with your psychotherapist and then they can talk. Exchange that information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's also not a billable service, which is probably mm -hmm. why a lot of, com a lot of people don't do that. So, right. um, there are some, some private practices that might work with a psychiatrist, mm -hmm. um, and that they have, they have that. I personally believe in a wraparound model. I believe in working with the community. So I'll, I'll always tell my clients like, listen, sign the release this way. If your psychiatrist ever calls me, I can speak to right. them without having to call you, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, but I, I haven't really run into that yet. Right. Right. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good question. I'm glad that was, uh, that was asked. Um, that was a really good what's the difference between a therapist, a coach and a counselor? Um, okay. So a therapist, and a counselor, I think, are used interchangeably. Right. Um, so you, so like a counselor, like an LPC, which is in other states down in South Florida, like uh, you have a licensed mental health counselor, a licensed clinical social worker, a licensed marriage and family counselor. And I think those are like the three. They're all the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they all right, do the right. same thing. They right. all do psychotherapy. Um, so your, your counselors and your therapists, I believe it's just like interchangeable. Um, a coach <laughs> is like a life coach. Uh, so mm -hmm. you get like a certificate or something. They don't do psychotherapy. I think that there's mm -hmm. a lot of great things that can come from a life coach. I think that there's a lot of really, really good life coaches out there, but they're right. not doing psychotherapy. So they're not trained on the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. That's mm -hmm. basically where we get all our diagnoses from. Right, right. Um, yeah, so it's not a medical model at all. Psychotherapy mm -hmm. is a medical model. Got it. That makes sense. That's a good question too. Um, yeah. This <laughs> this next question is probably my favorite question that I've ever received here. And I can't wait to ask you this. I've been thinking about this all day. Are you ready? Okay, I'm excited. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm holding on. You can't see because it's, you know, video. <laughs> Do I have to lay on a couch when I'm in therapy? The only time you would have to lay on a couch when you're in therapy is if you're seeing a Freudian therapist in 1950. No, um. It's funny because like usually when people think, even like to this day, when people think of therapy, like the first thing that comes into their head is like, okay, I'm going to lay down on this couch and just say my feelings to uh, a therapist who's sitting there on, with their notebook and just, you know, yeah. with their legs crossed and sitting in a chair watching you lay down as you stare at the yeah. ceiling and talk. But I really love that question because yeah. that's the way media... Like even now you still mm -hmm. watch a movie and somebody's laying on a couch, like yes. still, um, <laughs> you Google something, you Google therapy on in uh -huh. Google images and what pops yeah. up some guy on a couch. Right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, there, I think there are some therapists that still utilize that. Um, it's really good for free association. I think it's really good for not feeling like judged and, you know, spectated and stuff. Like I think it right. can be used. I've never actually used that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. I don't know, but no, you do not have to. <laughs> my my on my next therapy session on Monday, I'm like it's it's all virtual, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna set up my my camera and I'm just gonna lay down on my couch and just see what she says. She's like, what are you what are you doing? You know, it's funny that you say that. I have a client that lays in bed while we meet. Oh my god! Like as in like like late like laying down. Like lays down. Yeah, I mean it's a teenager, so you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> You're saying I shouldn't do that. I mean, you can, you totally I'll can. I, I will, I allow asleep. it. I'm like, whatever, whatever, whatever makes you comfortable. That's I one will 100% nice fall asleep. Like it, like I'll be halfway through and I'll just be like, I'm going to take a nap. I'll talk to you in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think oh you should God. do it. You should say I'm channeling the inner Freudian. I, I just, I just, I just want to see her face. I just, like when she's like, what, wait, what? Okay. I just want to see if she like says anything or she's just like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing. Probably roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Most likely. Um, this is a good question too. Do I have to talk about things that make me uncomfortable? So these have to questions. So that mm -hmm. to me just is like, there's so much all or nothing thinking have to yeah. like must like all that. Um, you don't have to do anything. I mean, it's your mm -hmm. copay, it's your money. It's like mm -hmm. your time, like do what you want. Um, right. but if you're not talking about things that are making you uncomfortable, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. 
what are you doing in therapy? Because therapy mm-hmm. isn't to just sit there and like, no offense, like, can I curse? Shoot the shit? Yeah, of course. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that's what me and me and Kai are doing. We shoot the shit, that's, but no. That's the, that's the curse word you're going with. I thought it was going to be w- way worse than that. Very. <laughs> um, next time we'll have cocktails. We'll do like yes. Q&A with cocktails. Oh my God. Could you imagine? And I'm going to lay down on my couch <laughs> as we're doing it. Be like a <laughs> cocktail therapy session. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so many therapists are cringing right now. Um, I know. They're, they're, like, they're like, what is happening here? No. <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm pretty um, sure, you know, I'm pretty sure like they, they're probably, I know they're laughing too. Like, they, cause I, I, I feel like if there's one thing I've learned about therapists is I've, I've uh, had the pleasure of speaking with a lot of them because of my platform. And, you know, a lot of them like have reached out to me and a, a lot of therapists have a really cool sense of humor. I've, I've realized like, thankfully, cause like I've always been scared because like my whole platform, it surrounds mental health, but it it's, it's talking about like a very uh, dark thing that affects a lot of people you know when I, when I talk about ADHD and depression anxiety introversion like all this stuff and uh I try to add levity to it you know I try to I try to make you know, find humor in it because that's how I cope just with things in general and I try to you know use that when I put stuff out there and it's always been scary you know to to put that kind of stuff out there because it's easy for people sometimes to like take it to the wrong way or you know be offended or anything like that which i totally yeah. understand um but i've been very fortunate that a lot of therapists that <laughs> and mental health professionals uh have reached out and i've had conversations with that just have a good sense of humor which is which is nice <laughs> yeah i think i think part of that is attraction right because you mm-hmm. are humorous and you are like you know warm and inviting and funny so oh, i think you attract go that. on go on no yeah yeah I'm so kidding. all those things no. <laughs> but no but seriously though so i think you're attracting those types of individuals because i find and sorry therapist but i find like you have one end of the spectrum you have like these mm. like really humorous like funny therapists because that's how they have to deal with a lot of the heavy mm-hmm. shit that they're hearing um and then you have the ones that like take their job so seriously and they're Mm -hmm. so like analytical and like they're so in their head and like they're so cerebral and (laughs) exhausting um yeah i mean you know just going to school with these types um but yeah i mean i think you find like there's no like in between (laughs) Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i think you just attract the the former i find it i find it funny that there's a lot of therapists uh and mental health professionals that are that are using these platforms, you know, that are using TikTok and, and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, all like all of these platforms to, to spread their insight with a lot of people and you, know, you, you included. And, and I, I always found that very, very interesting. Cause I didn't know that was a thing that existed, you know, that, that people really do use the, these platforms to help as many people as they can. Yeah. I didn't know it until recently either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of the reason that I didn't know about it until recently is because um our code of ethics like can mm. we like because right. the internet didn't exist right. when they developed it um right. but yeah there's a lot of like really cool therapists out there a few very humorous ones that i follow yes. on social media as well um mm-hmm. but yet the humor is driving the message home yes. and i love it yes. i think it's so yes. great and it makes it relatable too you know i think that that's the that's the part that i always you know remind myself like like let's just make make it relatable to people and validate their feelings you know ultimately is what i uh, what yeah. I try to do, and I and I tell people all the time, the when I whenever I make these videos, I've never I never punch down. Uh, a lot of it is usually self-deprecating, and I also never talk about things that I don't personally have. Right, so I like I'm diagnosed ADHD, um, uh, uh, generalized anxiety, and, and severe depression. Like those are my things, so I usually stick with those lanes. So like you'll never see me like make a video about like OCD or like our our. Uh, bipolar like I'll, I'll never make videos about that because that's just not like I don't have an understanding of that yeah. so I don't feel comfortable making humorous stuff all, off of that yeah I that makes mm-hmm. sense that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah I um I've noticed very quickly that like making those kinds of videos was not for me I made one <laughs> video of like OCD or anxiety and like I did like something that I was doing and like yeah. I got reamed out by like this therapist like it was like this long of a comment I was like okay this is not for me like my my skin is too thin I cannot do this yeah that's <laughs> like, that's the really really tough part I, I won't lie like like uh not just in mental health in general but just being like a social media like content creator you know people are always going to 
put out their opinion. They're always going to give you your opinion and not everybody's going to like you. And I, I learned that a couple of years ago and like, I, I'm good with it now, but like sometimes, you know, people will legitimately get really, 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 really upset with you um, about things like 99% of the audience will be okay with, but the, that one person will, will not, you know, um, like I, even today, like today is we're recording this on Harry Potter day. Right. Um, and Harry Potter has become like a, a, a controversial subject because of its author, J.K. Rowling, right? Uh, understandably so. And so, I don't know, but like, I don't know the yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole thing with especially. <laughs> okay. it's, it's, we'll it's talk awful. about it later, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she's not not a great person. <laughs> we'll say that. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Um, but obviously, a, a lot of people, including myself, are in love with the Harry Potter series and and always have been. And today is Harry Potter Day, and like, I'm wearing my my Slytherin shirt, which is a house in Harry Potter. And uh, a lot of people celebrate it. And, and I put up a post today and it was 99% of the people were perfectly fine. But like, there was a couple people that's like, how dare you? You're a terrible person for supporting, you know, um, this, this book, this art because of, of the author. And like, it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to navigate, you know? <laughs> you and I are going to have to do another one on cancel culture. Oh, I have thoughts. Me too. I have thoughts. We'll yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, because this is not the first time that that, because uh, I've been like holding off on, on it. So like, I'm like, I have, I'll, I'll talk about it when I'm like, when I think I'm ready, but I don't know if I'm ready yet. Okay. Cause I All have right, my, you I have my you're thoughts. Ready. Yeah. I have another therapist that would yeah. love to join us. And if you want to do, Oh like, yeah. I hate Absolutely. to say like this, not in a perverse way, but like a three way. Um, <laughs> We can do like a little three-way and talk about it because she <laughs> she has such an amazing mm -hmm. view on it and she articulates right. herself so well. I would I, I would actually I would love that right. Um, and probably the the approach I would take is, uh, I would probably hold back on my opinion too much and just interview and understand. Wait, hold on, sorry, my <laughs> my speaker went out. Hold on, <laughs> my speaker went out. Hold on, hold on. Can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? This is this is live this is live podcasting. This is what you this is what happens. Hold on. No. Hold on. Live podcasting. Look at this. This is fun. Wait, here we go. Uh speaker. Wait, here we go. Uh, speaker. There we go. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. I could hear you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, it, it's funny because I my so my my beats died. <laughs> That's what happened. I know. Oh, no. I know. So I should. I should. It's my fault. I should have charged them beforehand. I was. I was using them all day, and I didn't charge before. We uh we did. And guess what? I'm not cutting this out. This is gonna. Stay. No, don't do it. I no, this people, was great. You got yeah, my little dance and my singing. That I am human. I am a human being <laughs> that that forgets to do things a lot. <laughs> um. Okay, this next question I love, I love uh, as well. Um, I don't know what to talk about in therapy. How do I know what to bring up? Oh, man. Okay, so if they were here, I'd be like, so why'd you go to therapy in the first place? Like, yeah. what brought you there, mm -hmm. right? Um, so maybe kind of go back to that. Like, what made you say, oh, God, I need therapy. Like, let's, I need to talk about blah, blah, blah. Um, mm -hmm. So go back to like the initial reason. Now, if you've I don't know, like how long have you been in therapy? So like, if you've been in therapy right. for a really long time and now both you and your therapist are like, dee, 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 mm -hmm. um, then maybe it's time to end therapy. Mm -hmm. But again, it, it, it depends, right? Because it, is it just you being afraid to express you? Maybe your therapist is um, not as experienced to ask those probing questions, those difficult questions. So right. a lot, there's a lot of variables that I don't have the answer to, to really like give you a correct answer but mm -hmm. you know kind of figure out some of the reason why you don't know what to talk about first. right right um does prescribed medicine always work so i'm like a holistic therapist so mm -hmm. you guys are asking the wrong person i'm gonna go with <laughs> i'm gonna go with no i'm gonna go mm -hmm. with the fact that we're like over prescribing our our population which is another topic um, i would love to, to to speak to people about i, I want to get some insight there too yeah, we can totally talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think we're over prescribing. I think big pharma has like deep pocket, like whatever, call mm -hmm. me a conspiracy theorist, I don't care. <laughs> but, um, um, and that's another reason why therapy is political, right? Because mm. it's like, we care about how we're treating our, our clients and our, our populace and whatever. Anyway, so 
Um, yeah, so the prescription medication note, I don't think it always works. It's not the same as like running a blood test and saying you are low on insulin. Here's your insulin. <laughs> right. Like, it's right. like all subjective and like based on client report. And if your client's not reporting, you know, or patient report, whatever, but if they're not reporting accurately, or they don't have enough insight, like it's just like trial and error, let's pump you through full of drugs and see what works. No offense, Kai. I know that you have oh, some scripts, but oh no! Listen, I I tell people all the time. I I will never be like a, a, a like a cheerleader, you know, like like as in like you need to do this or you're, you're not going to yeah. be able to to get the help that you need. Um, it it's something that just happens to work for me, right? And right. I always I always want to make sure that people understand that because like what works for me may not work for everybody. Um, what I feel gets me through the day may not be the correct path for another person, which is why I always, always, always say to people, talk to a mental health professional. They're going to be able to help guide you and give you the tools, whatever they may be, so, whether it's medicinal, whether it's deep breathing, whether it's exercise, whatever it may be, they're going to be able to give you this insight and this plan that is made specifically for you. Yeah. Uh, and, and so like, for me, like I just happened to speak with the therapist that, and we put together a plan and I was reluctant at first, you know, I, I was like, I don't know if I want to put, you know, this in my body, you know, um, this kind of thing. Um, and then I ended up, you know, getting a second and third opinion. And I ended up uh, also speaking with other people like peers of mine that, uh, that were on, you know, similar uh, medicines and dosages. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot, you know, yeah. and, and all of that. So I always tell people like, talk with a mental health professional, get a second, third opinion if you want, and then go from there. And that's kind of what I want to like use an, you as an example for mm -hmm. too. Like I kind of commend you. Like you're, I think if you're going to do medication, Kai, you're doing it the right way. You're in therapy too. Yes. I think a lot yes. of people look for, you know, psychotropic or, you know, whatever medications for whatever illness you're dealing with as like a bandaid to fix it and mm. then not do the emotional work. Mm -hmm. And so if you're looking for uh, an SSRI or like, you know, medication for depression or anxiety or whatever, like you also need to be doing the therapeutic work because really yes. it's just adjusting your symptomology um, and like making you feel better, but you're not actually going beneath the surface and seeing like, well, where's that anxiety coming yes. from? You know, there are people who do have, you know, the neurotransmitters and like, just like really need like, cause the chemical imbalance. Mm -hmm. But I think that the population that has that problem are a lot smaller than the people who have um, anxiety due to stinking thinking, stinking right. thinking is a um, terminology mm -hmm. that we use. Mm -hmm. Do you hear my cat, by the way? I don't know if it came through. <laughs> what do you need, bud? You need, you need something? I love you, but not right now. Okay. Can you wait? I love you. Thank you. I have full on conversations with my cats, by the way, full on adult human conversations. And I swear my cats answer me. They really do. Mm -hmm. They understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And I've modeled that for my two-year-old and now she does it. <laughs> like I watched her tell the cat to like get off the counter, like full blown, like get like in toddler talk you know but like basically so get off funny. the counter and the cat didn't get off the counter she was sitting on the counter so she's like okay yeah. you're not gonna get off i'm pushed the cat off the counter <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh man she oh definitely has heard me say that's so the counter. <laughs> i need you to get off the counter right now please <laughs> cats aren't supposed to be on the counter that's where um, we keep our food this is unsanitary <laughs> this is that's literally literally me almost every single day um <laughs> So the so the last two questions that I have here uh, have to do with uh, some specific things that uh, that they want to get your insight on. Um, the first of which is is depression, um, and the question is, what are some healthy coping mechanisms for depression? Oh man, so depression is really hard because. Mm -hmm the weight of whether it be the phone to call a friend, mm -hmm. whether it be the car keys to like get out of the house, mm -hmm. the weight of those things are like a thousand pounds and yeah. depression kind of gets in the way of putting your feet in motion, if you mm -hmm. will. Um, so what I like to tell my clients who struggle with depression, it kind of ebbs and flows. You're not like constantly in a state of right. depression unless you have dysthymia, but um, you always kind of, ebb and flow in and out of it. And yes. so when you're feeling good and when you're feeling uplifted, I think there's like a couple of things that you can do. 
number one, um, I like to create like a list of things that fill your cup, things mm. that add fuel to your fire, things right. that make you feel good, like healthy coping skills, if you will. Mm -hmm. Add those like written down on a list, put them on popsicle sticks so you can draw one when you're feeling sad and just pull it out and be like, yeah. this is what I'm doing. Because you can't make decisions when you're sad. You can't, right. Oh, right. what do I want to eat? Like you just can't, you're so heavy. Yes. So I say when you're feeling good, put down a list, write it down, spin the wheel, pull the popsicle stick, I don't care, whatever, so that you don't have to make another decision. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. And then when you're also feeling good, fill your cup. Do things that mm -hmm. fuel you. Do things that make you feel good. Do things that um, add add to you. Um, right. So that maybe when you do kind of hit that depressed, depressed state a little bit, um, it's not as heavy. It's not as drastic because you've kind of filled your cup. Um, mm -hmm. With depression, you want to fight it naturally with, with serotonin and dopamine. So do mm -hmm. things that uplift your serotonin and dopamine have right. sex go to the gym go for a run pet the cat like whatever in but that like, order things... in that order specifically <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean do things that that are dopamine inducing serotonin inducing um check your diet you want to stay away from high sugary high carb diets mm. why because it spikes your insulin and then drops right so now mm. you're giving yourself a high and a lot of times when we're depressed, what do we want? The ice cream and the, yes. the sappy yes. movie, right? That's one That's one of my unhealthy coping, uh, coping mechanisms when it comes to stress. I stress eat all the time. And that's something that I'm working on because uh, that's 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 tough for me. Really, really tough. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people who struggle with depression, nurture your, your body with your food. Fuel your body with your food. You want to mm -hmm. eat things that aren't going to spike your sugar and then drop your sugar. Because when your yes. sugar drops, your mood drops. Right. Um so I, I I know you're gonna hate it, but leafy greens like veggies. I proteins. had a salad today. It was delicious. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so you can definitely fight the symptoms of depression with mm -hmm. your activity level and your nutrition for sure. I love it. I love it. Um, and this last one, I think uh, a lot of people can relate to. I I love 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 this topic in general because I at my job I speak to my my team. I lead a team of about. Uh, like 12, 15 people. Uh, and we talk about this specific thing all the time and I try to help them out, but I would love your insight here. What can I do if I'm struggling with work-life balance? Mm. So <laughs> I, it, it depends on what the struggle looks like. Like I'm mm. like really reticent to be like, well, then you got to look at your job, you right, know, like right. whatever. But like, because I do have one client where I keep telling her, you need to quit your job. You just need to quit mm -hmm. your job mm -hmm. because it's a toxic job environment. Sure. But like, obviously I can't tell her what to do, but in right. my brain, that's what I'm saying, right, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, but um, yeah. So I think like, it just really depends, like it depends, like what's mm -hmm. going on with your work-life balance. Is it your poor boundaries or is it really unhealthy work environment? Mm, and right. I can speak personally, I have had a really unhealthy work environment and I quit my job. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't my client. It was mm -hmm. my coworkers. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think a lot so, of us have been in that situation where it's just like, like, oh, I need to, I need to leave. I need to get out of here because the people are not conducive for my growth or my happiness, my success, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, I think you just really need to assess, like, is it your poor boundaries? Like, so we, and we can, you know, you and I can do one on boundaries if you want, but like mm -hmm. a lot of times people think boundaries are things that you put onto other people. So like, mm -hmm. don't call me after five, Kai, like, don't do that. <laughs> I right? called and you at 501. I called you at 501. <laughs> right? Relax. That's a boundary of mine. So people <laughs> right. like think that that's what a boundary looks like, yeah. but really, are you answering your phone after five? Are you mm -hmm. teaching people how to treat you? Are you not withholding that healthy boundary? If I don't want people calling me after five, I'm also not going to answer my phone right. after five. Right, and right. that's the boundary. It's not so much telling people what to do, but rather just upholding that and teaching people how to treat you. So right, right. what are your boundaries like at work? Mm -hmm. You know, I love that. I love that. I love that topic in general. That's something that I, I have personal, personal thoughts on. And I, I, I'm actually writing a uh, a really big like white paper on on that very topic um, that I'm going to be publishing at some point this year. Um, so I'm super excited about that. Um, so the last thing here that I, I would love for you to talk about is your book. Uh, so you have <laughs> Kick Anxiety to the Curb, yes, uh, a series of mental health workbooks. 
uh, that are now available for people to to get. Can you talk a little bit about what Kick Anxiety to the Curb is and how it helps people? Yeah. So I right now it, it's not a it's not a series yet. It's, I'm going to mm-hmm. do a ticket series. Um, mm-hmm. But the first book that came out is Kick Anxiety to the Curb, and really it started out for myself. Um, I, I was like looking at like ways that I can like manage my anxiety, whatever. And like, I would just jot down a few interventions. And then Mm -hmm. I started using those interventions with clients. Um, and, um, so really it turned into a psychoeducation. All that means Mm -hmm. is education, Um, (laughs) educated workbook, right? So it teaches you like what anxiety is, what worry is, what panic is, but like, in a non-anxiety producing way, mm-hmm. um, I got an anxiety workbook for myself that was like this big, and I was like, yeah. I can't do it. So I made this one. <laughs> um, it was too. It was too much. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really only 120 pages, mm-hmm. and that sounds like a lot, but the last 20 pages is a blank journal for you. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that there's also like 50 pages of prompted journaling for sure. you. Mm-hmm. So the beginning of the workbook, it, it it teaches you and then gives you interventions to like help you through mm-hmm. some of the anxious thought. It's very CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy heavy, mm-hmm. um, because if you can change your thoughts, you can influence your feelings differently and mm-hmm. change your outcome. Right. Um, I mean, do we have time? I'll give you like a quick example of how Yeah, absolutely. Works. You see my cat, by the way? Like a little cameo. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so for example, all right, you're at your lunchroom for school, for work, whatever, and you're on your break and you're approaching a table full of your peers. Um, mm. And as you go to sit down with your little lunchbox, lunch tray, whatever, the entire table bursts out in laughter. Mm. What's your first thought? It's, it's me. Uh, they're laughing right at me. Right. It's me. Yes. And so if you're thinking they're laughing at me, what's your feeling? That, oh God, it could be a number of things. Maybe I have a stupid shirt on. Maybe I... I... What's the feeling, the emotion? Oh, uh, embarrassment, uh, fear, um, guilt, uh, guilt for okay, no so if reason. Okay, so if you're afraid, guilty, and embarrassed, what do you mm-hmm. do? Uh, I... I shut me personally, I shut down. Like I I completely shut down and I just don't interact. And I, my, I don't even think my words, I'm like, I'm even getting antsy about it yeah. now. Okay. Thinking about so it. let's change the thought. <laughs> let's change the thought. Yeah. Same activating event, same thing happens. And you think to yourself, I missed a joke. Mm. What's the feeling? Not what I had before. Uh, it's more. It's more of like, oh man, I get. I you know maybe uh, maybe I'll catch it next time, or you know maybe they say something funny and I'll hear about it later. Those are thoughts. Um, What's the emotion? Ooh, man, the emotion. I'll help you if you want. I'm gonna do this. Dang it! I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna do it. Dang it! Okay. So my 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 thought. Um, your feeling, um, emotion. My feeling. Um, light disappointment. Okay, did I disappointment. The did I miss the joke? Did I miss like the nothing, joke? Nothing little... that like I would like think about for the rest of the day. Just like right. slight disappointment. Maybe a little, yeah, disappointment. Maybe a little curious. Like, oh, I mm-hmm. wonder what the joke was. Oh, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling a little disappointed that you missed a joke, mm-hmm. but you're curious about what it was, what would mm-hmm. you do? Ask. Right. Yeah. So entirely different emotional experience and behavior just because we changed the thought. The action stayed the same. I feel like so I feel work- like I'm getting a free a free session right now. Do I owe you money? Do I owe you money no. right now? <laughs> not at all. That's just psychoeducation. That's not a therapy thing. <laughs> I mean, it is a therapy thing, but um, but that stuff, that kind of stuff, like how to change those thoughts, is in that workbook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that. it has journaling for you, and you know, writing, uh, you know, writing things, you know, writing prompts. And it has even like a little drawing thing if you're like more artsy and you want to draw. So it has like some really cool stuff, but it's not big. You saw it on the last episode. I don't have it at my desk today. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's digestible and it's written not like a writer and it's Mm -hmm. not clinically written. It's written the way I talk. Like hopefully Mm -hmm. you can kind of hear me as you're reading it. If you know me, you'll be like, oh my God, this sounds just like you. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have an editor. It's not like anything fancy, but it's, I figured for the anxious mind, it would be perfect because it's digestible Mm -hmm. and easy and comprehensive. I love that. That's amazing. And and then where, and where can people get it? Amazon. Amazon. (laughs) 
I love it. Amazon. Simple. Just go to Amazon. Uh, it's going to be right there on the front. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's not because I don't pay for like ads or anything yet. Mm. <laughs> um, so I think you'd have to like search like either mental health helper, which is like the mm. an author name that I put for mm -hmm. it or um, the actual uh, title, which is kick anxiety to the curb. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm and working on kick. I'm working on kick procrastination to the curb, but I'm procrastinating Ooh. on it. <laughs> I see. Uh, you're, it's research. You're doing research is what is on research. procrastination. <laughs> uh, to make well, it I started it. I was working on it every day and then I got busy and I was like, okay, I have to table this. Story of my life. Story of my life. I'm working on like 17 books right now. Like, uh, like, uh, like it's, that's my ADHD just like out, out and about just like waving at people like, Hey, it's me. Um, to make it simple for people that are that are uh, interested, I'm going to include a link for this in the uh, in the description of this uh, of this podcast episode. Just click on it, and uh, and it'll all be right there for you. Chelsea, thank you. This, once You're we're welcome. Gonna, we're gonna Don't forget to one. plug Patreon. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <clears throat> Hold on, I got the wrong script. Hold on, I got, I got uh -oh. the old script. Okay, now here's the new one. Got it. <clears throat> <laughs> don't forget my friends if you're a fan of this podcast you can have even more exclusive content on the vibe with kai patreon especially if you're uh, into having insightful discussions surrounding mental health good vibes positive energy simply click the link in the description of this podcast and subscribe to the vibe with kai on patreon how how much is it chelsea one dollar dollar <laughs> one dollar a month that's all it takes, <laughs> one dollar a month, and uh, and you'll be able to uh, uh, to get all of that plus all my like personal stuff that I don't post anywhere else. And and you want to know something really cool? I there's even like a trial thing. If you're like if you're like I don't know if I want to spend one dollar this month. There's on Patreon. There's a trial. You can do it a trial. I think it's like seven days. You can get a trial cool. subscription. We don't have to pay anything. So That's if you want to cool. save that dollar. Go ahead. Go go click Take the link in my bio or in my bio in my in the description right now. Go get that. Go get that trial. I love it. Um, thank yeah. you, Chelsea. Uh, if you want more information about Chelsea uh, and and all of her stuff, I'm in the description. I have a link to her website, uh, healthymindsandmore.com, uh, where you can mm -hmm. click on it and get some more information. Uh, and I also have uh, uh, your social handles here so people can follow you as well if they want to see more uh, from you. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for, yeah. for being my guest today. I appreciate of you. Course. We got to schedule course. the next one now. Yeah, we're going to do it next we month. All, every time we every time we talk, we come up with like 55 new topics. We I talk know. about like we, what, we have we have what do we decide today? Cancel culture, uh, Cancel boundaries. Culture. What was the other mm -hmm. one? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have to say it out loud. I'm forget. I literally have my notepad here because I'm going to forget. Um, yeah, write it down. Because we already cancel, forgot one of them. Cancel culture three-way. Yeah. You could put the three-way on the Patreon so more people will get pay that dollar. They'll be I like, three-way, what? A little bit more. I might have to charge <laughs> just a little bit more. Maybe a dollar fifty. Maybe. You're going to make me choke. Oh my god, that's so funny. At least we're keeping it humorous. Whatever. <laughs> I love it. Um, Chelsea, thank you so much. Everybody that's uh, watching or listening right now, thank you so much for watching and or listening. I appreciate y'all more than you'll ever know. Uh, vibers, my friends, as always, much love, good vibes, and I will talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.